the Love Life and Lose Weight podcast will teach you the art and science of changing your habits around food. If you know what to do, but can't figure out why you're just not doing it, this is the right podcast for you. I'm your host, Advanced Certified Weight and Life Coach, Heather Beardsley. I've helped hundreds of women just like you figure out how to think and eat like a normal eater, lose weight, and love life on the journey to goal weight and beyond. Hey, welcome to episode four. In this episode, I'm going to talk to you about developing a food lifestyle that supports sustainable weight loss. So what is a lifestyle? A lifestyle is a culmination of thoughts and habits around a certain topic. And so this will be addressing your thoughts and your habits around food. We want to talk about what a lifestyle that allows weight loss looks like and compare that with a lifestyle that you might be having where you're stuck and you're not losing weight so that you can kind of see the little shifts that you can make in your unconscious thoughts and habits around food that help make weight loss more accessible to you. So by the end of the episode, you'll know and be able to get a sense of what a few examples of sustainable weight loss food lifestyle looks like. So the first thing that will change when you start losing weight consistently is that you start to feel in the driver's seat of your weight loss where food no longer controls you. You are in the driver's seat. You are in control. So what what does that mean? Well, in life coach terms, it means that we're not thinking that we're at the effect of food anymore, that food doesn't control our actions, that we are somehow at like uncontrollable around certain foods or in certain situations even like vacations. We start to really think about our agency in all moments around food and that all food is neutral. It's just our thoughts about food that create feelings around food. So if we feel out of control around food, it's because we're choosing to think out of control thoughts around food. So I want you to really take a look at how you choose to think about food. This, beca- this is a practice of awareness that has to take place in order for weight loss to be sustainable. Because I can tell you what to do and you can just do it and lose weight. But as soon as I stop telling you what to do, you're going to revert back to your regular thinking around food. So in order to change that and, and not rely on people to tell you what to do or count calories to know how much to eat, you've got to become aware of what you're doing and what you're thinking. So it's about being conscious. And to be conscious around food means you've got to pay attention to what you're thinking. Best way to be, pay attention to what you're thinking is to journal. It's to write down at the end of every day or the beginning of every morning, just kind of like do a thought dump. This is what I'm thinking. This is what's on the top of my mind. This is what happened yesterday. And if you're trying to lose weight, you're going to want to write about, you know, how did my food day go? Did I eat when I was hungry? 
Did I overeat or did I stop when I was no longer hungry? And the act of writing about it will create more and more awareness around unconscious thought habits around food. And when you become more aware and you become more conscious, you start to see that you can shift your thinking around food and redirect thoughts that aren't serving you and are keeping you stuck in weight loss. Okay, the next thing that a a food lifestyle that allows for weight loss is going to include the vast majority of my clients plan their food ahead of time. So what this looks like is in the morning, before they have their first meal, they commit to a habit of what they're going to eat. So this requires a few things. Number one, looking at your schedule, looking at your work day, looking at what your family has planned, looking at what's in your fridge, looking at what's in your pantry, and probably having a conversation with your significant other or anyone you might live with and eat with about what is the plan for food. And I get a lot of pushback around this when you've not been doing it because it seems like it's a hassle. It seems like it's a lot. It seems like, why do I have to pin myself down? Why can't I just eat from my in the moment thoughts and feelings around food? Well, I talked about this last time in uh, episode three. We can't do that. We can't rely on that because you're relying on that to just decide in the moment what you want to eat and how much you want to eat means that that, I mean, that's what's gotten you to the place where you feel like you need to lose weight. I mean, that's why you're listening to this podcast, right? So we've got to do something different. And doing something different means making decisions ahead of time about this is how I'm going to eat and this is what I'm going to commit to to lose weight. And so what you plan to eat is going to have to be a function of what's available, what's convenient, what you want to eat. In other words, your preference for what you want to eat, like really stopping and thinking like, what am I in the mood to eat? And a lot of times, like in the nitty gritty of planning around food, you'll see that it's like building a Jenga tower where Maybe we start with, oh, well, we have plans for dinner at such and such a place. And it's a steakhouse, so I'll be having steak and salad for sure. All right, well, if you know that you're going to have that for steak and salad for dinner, then what might you want for lunch? And then you're like, well, it's definitely not going to be steak and salad. (laughs) It'll probably be something slightly different that might complement that type of food for dinner. What comes to mind for me is probably like maybe soup or half a sandwich or something like that. That would be lunch. And it probably wouldn't be a full salad because thinking about a steak and a salad for dinner, you know, I don't want to have a big lunch. I want to let my hunger build in the afternoon hours. So I'll have like some soup and it won't be a heavy soup. It'll probably be like a broth-based soup and maybe a hunk of baguette with it. Um, Nothing too heavy. And then 
reverse engineering even from there, I might say, all right, well, for breakfast, maybe it's, um, I don't know. Well, if I'm having soup and bread for lunch, you know, I might just have like an egg and a couple pieces of bacon for breakfast if I'm cooking. So that might be how I plan for my day. And then the other thing I'm going to consider is like, am I going to have a sweet tooth? And if so, where am I going to work that in? Because I don't ever want to have any food. This is the key for a lifestyle of weight loss. You don't want to be eating unless you're hungry. And you don't want to be having dessert when you're already um, satisfied and have had enough for your last meal. You want to work it into the meal or one thing you can do is just swap dessert for a meal, maybe a light meal even. So if I'm sticking with the food plan that I just went over, I would probably work in maybe a cookie or two with my soup. And I think that would be enough. Or I might look at the menu for the restaurant, the steak restaurant, and see if they had something that was worth it on the menu. And I might make a plan to maybe, you know, share it with my, my husband, where I would have just a few bites, just enough to kind of satisfy me, but not overeat. And the steak that I have would probably be a filet because I find that I can't lose weight unless I eat mm, four to six ounces. But more than that is probably too much for me, especially if I'm going to have some dessert. So you see how the habit of planning your food puts you in that driver's seat around food where you have created a day that is um, appealing with your food choices, but also respectful of helping you lose weight. Where when you look at your plan for food that I always recommend writing down, it resonates with your inner knowing that you can lose weight eating that food. And if you're not sure, your job is to test it. So you write down your food plan of what you actually want to eat. You practice eating it when you're hungry and stopping before you're full. I like to stop for weight loss when I'm no longer hungry, but before I feel any sense of stretching in my stomach. You're going to need to, you know, really experiment with that and see. Your sense of when and how much to eat of the food that you plan in order to create weight loss is refined over time and lots and lots and lots of experimentation. And you can see that just sort of going through your day, hoping you'll find food when you're hungry sets you up to fail because we don't do well when we don't plan. We don't plan for our needs. We have a busy lives, busy jobs. We have families who, you know, want our time. And it's like going to the gym early. You want to do that when you have the capacity to do it with the least amount of interference for it. And it's the same with your food. This is why we plan. So a food lifestyle that supports weight loss definitely includes 
the art of planning your food and then practicing meeting those moments in your day following the plan and do becoming the person that does what she says she's going to do think about normal eaters normal eaters have rules around food that they don't necessarily talk about but when you when pressed when you ask them like do you ever overeat they'll say yeah of course sometimes i overeat but i never want to overeat it it just happens cuz i'm not paying attention maybe or i was distracted i mean it happens right but a normal eater has a policy that they don't want to overeat so when you make your food plan even though i'm not telling you to restrict your food you're going to use your hunger and your sense of i've had enough to tell you to regulate your food and it's all got to resonate with like like yeah i think over 7 days this week if i eat this way that that'll result in a you know 1 to 2 pound weight loss per week which is average so the other thing a food lifestyle that includes weight loss will include is a positive way to think about hunger, physical hunger. So many of us who have been chronic dieters for decades have a lot of terrible thoughts around hunger. We have hunger, like we're afraid of hunger. We fear it. We resist it. Sometimes we have an uneasy relationship with it. Sometimes it's a really dysfunctional relationship with hunger where we we feel like we need to be hungry all the time. And then we have this one big release with this big meal. So normalizing hunger is like how I like to think about it, where every day you have about three opportunities to feel physical hunger. And I like to think about it as like hunger, physical hunger is a sign that your body gives you that it's time to eat. And until we feel some signs of physical hunger, we don't want to be eating. Without that physical hunger signal, your body is already chugging along on the fuel that's already in your system. When that fuel gets low, there are mechanisms in your body that will trigger physical hunger symptoms. Now, many of my clients who have been restrictive dieting for a long time say, I just don't even know when I'm hungry. And there's a couple things that could be going on. Number one, you're so used to eating before you get hungry because you hate being hungry that you're just not waiting long enough to feel hunger. The other thing that could be happening is that you have disconnected your sense of hunger because you have associated being hungry with suffering and dieting and all of that. So you can literally like disconnect from it. doesn't mean it's not there. It just means your awareness of it is really dampened and pushed down in your awareness of it. So you can work on that by just, again, cultivating your awareness about hunger and over time refining it and refining it so that you're better at detecting it. So just to conclude about hunger, a lifestyle, a food lifestyle that supports weight loss has positive thoughts about hunger. We sort of look forward to hunger. We look forward 
to physical hunger as a sign it's time to eat. And um, it's, it's just part of a normal day to look forward to, ha- to having hunger, you know, about three times. If we're not feeling enough hunger about three times a day, it's probably because you're overeating. So you want to reduce the amount of food, play with that slowly, like you're probably normalized overeating. You've made it a normal part of what you do. So you don't get hungry often enough because your body is so busy dealing with that overflow of fuel. So work on normalizing hunger, work on your thoughts about hunger and embrace them. You want to feel hunger as a sign that you are fat burning and you're ready to eat. Okay. Here's another thing that a food lifestyle will do. It will include an awareness of when it's time to stop eating. And it's going to include a positive anticipation of that moment. So many of, and let's contrast that with a diet um, mentality where we blow past our signal or our thought like I think I've had enough like you won't hear that because you have an agenda to overeat because for so many years you've been restricting and you've associated overeating with being safe and being comfortable and not having to think about hunger and all of that well if you want to lose weight you're going to have to really work on that you're going to have to be willing and really curious to find that place that moment in your eating of your meal where you sense that you're no longer hungry and you're not yet full. And can I just maybe pause here for a minute or two just to be sure of where I'm at with my enoughness of my meal and that it won't always be apparent of what is enough, but that you're willing to kind of stop before you're full, just to test it out, because you can always go back and eat if you haven't quite had enough. So that is key to a food lifestyle that allows for weight loss. Another food lifestyle that's essential for weight loss is to have a bunch of strategies to help you stop overeating. So that includes knowing when you're kind of set up to overeat. We all know like these sort of, I call them like storm days where there's a lot of negative emotion, there's a lot of stress, you're probably over hungry and you don't have any food (laughs) ready to go because you haven't made a plan. That like really sets you up for overeating. So we want to avoid that as much as possible by going back to the the first lifestyle component, which is to plan your food and never let yourself get to that place where you're really set up to overeat, where the momentum of that habit is just going to, you're never going to be able to stop it when you have a bunch of things going um, in favor of overeating. Um, But some of the more subtle things are um, perhaps like some of your favorite foods or some of my clients have trouble when they're out Um, in social situations that they tend to overeat. Um, It just depends on your habits of thinking about those different circumstances. And because 
whatever you're thinking about it is what's driving the overeating. Now, I have a habit that's the opposite. If I'm in a social situation at dinner with friends or at a party, I tend to be overly conscious of not wanting to overeat for some reason. I don't know why. But that's not my area that I have to work on. I never overeat when I'm in a social situation. I overeat when I'm like eating alone or emotionally upset. That's when I tend to overeat. So this is where you can start to work. When you, like I would journal, if I was you, you want to work on this. Write down what the situations are that you tend to overeat. Is it a certain food? Is it a place? Is it um, Friday night? Is it weekend stuff? Is it when you are emotionally upset maybe? And try to think about what will help you What are some of the things that you can start doing to help you um, strategize an outcome of not overeating so much? You can just start to work there. Like what can help me just overeat a little bit less? Maybe it's journaling before you overeat or maybe it's just meditating before you decide to dive into your meal if you're upset. It is the little things that do make all the difference. So don't push those aside and think it's not enough. Your responsibility for weight loss is to be willing to try the smallest things, knowing that they will lead to more and more and more momentum with your weight loss over time. So sometimes it's the smallest things that do end up making the biggest difference. Another lifestyle element that allows for weight loss is creating a life with a lot of pleasure in it. As you know, we get a dopamine hit when we have food. Sometimes we can get some nice serotonin. Those are all neurotransmitters in the brain that make us feel good and it makes eating food delightful, especially certain concentrated foods like you know, that have a natural sweetness or even foods with flour and sugar or alcohol. So we can get a lot of dopamine from our food, but we don't want most of our dopamine to come from the moments in our day when we meet food. We want, we want food to be pleasurable, but we want to also create a life with a lot of pleasure in it. And so Coming off of COVID, a couple of years of COVID, I think many of us took very rich and varied lives, especially socially, and we sort of like shrunk that version of our pleasure and condensed it down into our house with our immediate people. And it's just natural to have over relied on food for a sense of pleasure and joy. But it's time now that the period of time that we've been in COVID is is over for the most part. And it's time to start bringing that diversity of pleasures and distractions where you're doing things that you really enjoy that are outside of food, whether that's your hobbies or getting together socially, getting the book club back together making, you know, dates with your husband to get out of the house and go watch a movie or something like that. 
we really got to get back into what I call dopamine diversity so that food isn't the starring role in your life. Okay, another element of food lifestyle that helps with weight loss is developing an ability to allow feeling an urge to eat when you're not hungry and um, avoiding the urge to continue to eat when you've had enough. So this is like the practice of allowing urges but not eating. So that's wanting to eat, checking in with your body and knowing like you don't need to eat anymore because you're either not hungry or you've already had enough. And just sitting in the restlessness and discomfort of that because you've been used to having food to answer that urge. It's the same with a smoker who is trying to quit smoking and they want a cigarette. It's uncomfortable. It's the same as when I quit drinking and I looked at that glass of wine and it was, my brain was telling me I wanted it but I also had a desire to not have it because with, with, it's no different than trying to lose weight. We're used to having an amount of food that we're no longer going to just give ourselves. And we want to make it easy and sustainable and not drastic, right? But we also need to develop the ability to say no, to do what we don't want to do in the moment, and that's like delayed gratification. That's the practice of delayed gratification. The key to doing this, and we'll talk more about this in other episodes, is to switch your focus from the presence of not having what you want and switching the focus over to the benefit on the other side of not eating, which is weight loss, right? Weight loss happens in the moments that we want to eat and we know we don't need to. That's the moment. So when you meet that moment, instead of focusing on what you're not getting, which is the food, you instead focus on this is the moment where I help my weight loss along. It, it, like exercisers, you know, these people who love exercise, they just can't get enough of it. <laughs> They give the impression that, you know, they love their burpees and they love to run miles and miles and miles. Well, I've talked to those people and really pressed them. Like, are you being honest? Because how can you say you love burpees? Burpees are exhausting. <laughs> and um, what they say to me is, okay, like, I really probably don't, don't mind them nearly as much as you do, Heather, but... Instead of thinking about how hard they are or how much I'm efforting when I'm doing them or how breathless I become or how tired my muscles are, I think about how good I feel after I've done them and I focus there. So this ability to go against your urge to eat when you know you don't need to eat is the way to be successful with it is to change your focus from focusing on what you can't have to focusing on what's on the other side of doing, allowing the urge to be there and not eating. And that's your weight loss. So to wrap this up, I just want to reiterate that food 
thinking about food, your habits around food, this creates a lifestyle. And in order to lose weight, you need to change your lifestyle around food. And there's many, 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 many ways to do this. I suggest that you spend some time, and this is your coach homework for the week, journal about what if you had a magic wand that to create the lifestyle that you want around losing your weight, what would that look like? Like you got to do your due diligence to change your habits around food and do less overeating so you can lose weight. But what elements of some of these things that I've talked about really seem appealing to you? Um, I think simple things like creating a, a nice tablescape for you to eat at with a placemat and a nice linen napkin, um, a nice eat drinking out of a nice glass with ice and maybe some lemon and putting some music on in the background can really give you a full pleasurable experience without it all coming from the food. Um, and, you know, it's just little simple things like that that create this lifestyle. So embrace changing your lifestyle around food. Try some things and see if it can start to shift your lifestyle around food to start allowing weight loss. Okay, that's all for now. Stay focused and so long. Hey, if this episode resonated for you, then let's connect. Visit hbeardsley.com forward slash subscribe. That's h-b-e-a-r-d-s-l-e-y.com forward slash subscribe and get on the list. You'll get a free gift, periodic coaching, plus advance notice of in-person events and workshops.